Hey everyone, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, where we're going to talk about topics that will motivate and inspire and help you tap into your purpose and improve your performance in life and in business. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, and we are recording another episode of our fall 2019 season, and I have a guest, a special guest with me, uh, Kyle Bossing. He is actually the co-founder of Senior One Care in uh, Mishawaka. He was actually born and raised in uh, South Bend in Michiana. He uh, went to college at Xavier, lived in Chicago for a bit, and uh, moved back home and started his uh, business with his father, Senior One Care. And um, I know that he is married, happily married. He has two twin daughters that are about to be turning eight years old in November. And um, that's an, that's a exciting, having two twin daughters. So Kyle, thank you for being with me. And uh, how is it like, how is it be having two twin daughters? I mean, I don't have twins. I've got three kids, but I know it's different when you have two at the exact same time. Right. It is uh, very, very tiring. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, no, they keep uh, mom and I very, very busy, but um, they're they're a blessing, they're a joy, and yeah. uh, we really enjoy uh, family time uh, together. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and do this. So, so you guys know, uh, those who are listening, you kind of know what the topic is. I, uh, this season, I always want to have a, a one word topic and then we'll just sort of go off the, uh, kind of organically a conversation on that one word. And so today we really want to talk about growth and growing and what that means because there's so many avenues when it comes to growth and, and what it takes to grow and, and the, uh, perseverance and the maybe uncomfortable situations when it comes to growth in life. Uh, maybe there's uh, ideas of what hinders growth and what helps growth and many lessons learned from uh, maybe growing pains in a business. And I believe that Kyle can speak to so many avenues when it comes to growth because of being a co-founder of a business. Um, he can probably have a perspective that's greater than most because of uh, just trying to, to, to form a, a really good business and, and working with family and and uh, just trying to create something that uh, it, it wasn't there before. So I think that's an important thing. So we're going to talk about that. But before we do, Kyle, go ahead and just kind of share your story, kind of how you got to this point, and then we'll get into the uh, the topic. Sure, sure. Well, you mentioned I, I was born and raised here, and so I grew up on the southwest side of town and uh, went to Marion High School here locally. And uh, as you mentioned as well, I attended Xavier University. And after college, I spent some time in Chicago and I was in a number of different sales positions. And during that time frame, we had always talked about starting up a family business. We just didn't know exactly what that was going to be. And I'm the youngest of three children. And so it just seemed like every time we got together, we would try to kick around some ideas as to what would really be a sustainable business that all of us could get involved in. And what basically led us into home care uh, was some issues that we were dealing with uh, with my grandma. Uh, she was 95 years old uh, when she had passed away, and she wanted to stay at home as long as possible. And so unfortunately, uh, the final uh, seven years of her life, she was battling uh, cancer. And uh, so when she would go through chemotherapy treatment, it would really knock her down and she would need a little bit of help around her home. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, we did have some family members that were able to help take care of her during that time frame. But if there wasn't any family around, we don't know really what we would have done. Right. And so I guess that's really where the, the concept of, well, wow, I mean, there's got to be 
other family members that are going through this exact same process that we're going through, Mm -hmm. going through the exact same stresses that we're going through. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something here in terms of a, a home care business that we could all get involved in. And so, as I mentioned, I was in Chicago at the time and uh, my, my mom and my dad and uh, brother and sister, we all had some, some conversation about it. And at the time, about 13 years ago, I was the, the only one that was really willing to, to get started uh, right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, both my brother and my sister were in positions where they felt uh, they would like to stay in mm-hmm. those uh, positions that they were in. And uh, we, we decided that if we did start the business, we would want to start it uh, here in South Bend. Uh, we did discuss the possibility of Chicago or the Chicagoland area, uh, but South Bend just felt right. We, mm-hmm. we, we loved the community and we, we knew a lot of members in the community. Mm-hmm. And so I moved back, I guess, going on uh, 13 and a half years ago, and we essentially started the business uh, from scratch. Uh, so we are a, a family-owned and operated home care company. And so uh, my dad and I started it, and uh, my mom was also a, a very influential part of the uh, early beginnings as well. And I know that I've seen you receive many uh, accolades and, and awards and just kind of share some of the success that you've had um, here just in the recent you know, last few years even. Yeah, we, we've been very blessed uh, to be recognized, and it's, it's really cool to be recognized by outside sources. So mm-hmm. third-party recognition is some of the best. Uh, as I've told people, I mean, I can go around telling everyone that Senior One Care is the best home care company around, but right. it really doesn't matter what I think. It's what yeah. the community thinks. That's and true. so uh, just recently, uh, in August, we were recognized uh, by Inc. Uh, Magazine, which is a nationwide uh, publication, mm-hmm. and every year they recognize the fastest growing uh, privately owned companies. Mm -hmm. And so we were just recognized by Inc. Magazine for the seventh consecutive year, which is really, really cool. Uh, So we're very honored uh, about that recognition. Uh, And then earlier this year at the Age of Excellence Awards uh, here in South Bend, Mm -hmm. uh, we were honored by Real Services uh, as their uh, 2019 uh, Business of the Year Award. Uh, A couple of years before that, my father, who has been a a very influential person in my life uh, was recognized through the Chamber of Commerce um, at their Salute to Business Luncheon as their Distinguished uh, Business Leader uh, Award wow, winner, that's excellent. Uh, the Scott Miller Award. Uh, so there, there's been uh, some others that, that that I could mention as well, but it's just it really is just a humbling uh, experience, and, and and again to be recognized for the work that you do uh, has just really been uh, an honor, uh, an honor to serve. And it, you know what? It's it's a great example to a lot of other businesses and, and other people that are just listening to this podcast. I mean, there's a lot of individuals that aren't business owners, but you are in certain positions where, um, you know, you you need to make an impact just as much as a business owner does. But I can say this, and maybe getting off on a tangent a little bit before we get into our topic, I can say that just taking action to even start a business is a scary thing. So. Um, I know, of course, it does kind of lead into growth. So what, how did you get to that point where you felt like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I can take action. I'm going to take a risk. Do you feel like it was a difficult decision to make? Or how was that when you guys said, okay, I'm going to do this? Well, there, there's certainly a, a level of risk. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we were kicking the tires in terms of whether or not we did want to start this, this home care business. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I feel when we looked at the, the aging demographics and whether or not this this business model would be uh, sustainable uh, long term, uh, 
I think we, we did feel that, yes, there is some risk uh, to starting this business, but we felt that there would be, um, I guess, significant need uh, down the road for our services. Um, the baby mm-hmm. boomers and the aging population, we just felt that uh, there are individuals that are going to need our types of services, not just for five years or 10 years, but mm-hmm. really uh, for decades uh, yeah. down the road. And so um, I think we felt comfortable at that time to to get the business started. And uh, that was back in 2006. So now fast forward to to where we are now in 2019. We've We've seen significant growth, which, uh, as I mentioned, with some of the awards, has been has been great to to be recognized. Um, but we we continue to see uh, needs down the road, mm-hmm. and so we're we're meeting and assessing what those needs may be, and, and trying to change our business model from time to time to mm-hmm. to make sure that we keep up with the growing population. Yeah, man, that's good. So I, I what I take from that is it is risk, but there was a calculated risk. You did your homework. You uh you were filling a need. So you did your homework. You're filling a need. The risk you're taking is something that you've counted the cost, and I think you guys are a great example of that. So let's go ahead and get, then get right into um, how you got to this point. So massive growth. I mean, recognition um, across our community. I mean, just a great example of what it takes to continue to be successful. But I know it's not easy. I know that from the outside looking in, sometimes everyone's like, wow, man, it's, you, you make it look so so easy. But you know, you've, you've, I'm sure, had your struggles. And so go ahead and just dig into the growth process and maybe some growing pains that you've had to face and some of the the learning experiences that you've had in maybe your own personal growth sure. as a leader and then the growth just as, as a company as well. Sure. Well, in terms of some of the, the, the challenges and, and growing pains, um, one of them started immediately after we started the business. And uh, as I had mentioned earlier, my mom uh, was a, a part of the early beginnings of Senior One Care. Mm-hmm. And um, I always tell people when I first moved back to town, I mean, we were your prototypical family business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was living at home just for a short period of time before I got an apartment downtown. But we would wake up in the morning, hop in a car together and and travel down to work and grab a cup of coffee. So we yeah. were your prototypical family business, if you will. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, shortly after we started, started the business, uh, my mom was diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer. And so she was diagnosed a, a few months into uh, right after we started, and she unfortunately had passed away about ten months later. Oh, wow. And so when you're going through that process, I mean, you mm-hmm. first had this excitement of starting a family business, and you're really excited to work alongside mm-hmm. your your dad and your mom, and then you know, boom, you just get hit uh, like a ton of bricks yeah. with the diagnosis, and then ultimately her passing. It was a very, very challenging time. Yeah. Um, now, my dad would, would obviously have to take some time off of work to help get her to doctor's appointments as she was battling her illness. And I think there were times, selfishly, I wanted to be there as well. I wanted to be at home with her, holding her hand, being mm-hmm. there for her. But I knew I also had to be in the business as well. And so I was trying to balance uh, maybe some issues that would pop up or mm-hmm. uh, interviewing individuals to join our team and so forth. So it was a, it was a very challenging time uh, personally for yeah. me to go through that situation. And then I guess as, you, as we fast forward you know, the 13 years to where we are today, is, as you had indicated, we, we've seen uh, significant growth, but it's, it's different than when we first started. When you first mm-hmm. start, you're, you're a smaller organization. Right. You can have a lot of different touch points mm-hmm. with the members of your team. You get to yeah. know them on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And now it, it, it's, it's a challenge and it's something that we're continuing to, 
to assess and analyze because between our uh, office here in South Bend and about three years after we, we started, we opened up an office down in Indianapolis and just right. recently we opened an office in Elkhart. Mm-hmm. We have over 250 uh, caregivers on our team. Yep. And so as you can imagine, it's, it's a challenge to, to mm-hmm. make sure that those individuals feel a part of something. And, and, right. and we're big on making sure that individuals don't feel as if they're a number. Right. And so we want to make sure that, you know, even as we grow and even as we become bigger and, and we, we, we feel that we can continue to touch more lives, how are we going to make sure that we're, we're still leading effectively and yes. we're still maintaining those touch points with really the, the most important people on our team? That is such a good point because that's exactly what I've gone through on a more micro level, you know, not as big, or, as big of a scale as you, but just from the individual salesperson in the mortgage business to growing a team and then managing a branch. And then of course, growing out from there. Right. Uh, it is, it is a difficult thing to uh, feel like initially when you're starting something out, I mean, you've, you, you know, you can touch everything mm-hmm. and you feel like you've got your personal uh, thumbprint or your imprint on every single aspect of the transaction or the interaction with a, right. a client or a, a, a patient. Um, and, and then of course you have, if you want to serve, if you really want to serve more people, you have to be willing to grow, but then willing to delegate. And then, like you said, when you, as you delegate, um, how do the other people that are a part of your company feel, mm-hmm. do they feel still like they're a part of a team? So t- share with us maybe, uh, some of your, uh, tactics or your methods for, um, go- getting through that, that growth process. And I know that it's always still a work in progress, but, but kind of share, um, how you, continue to help them feel a part of that family, those that are employees, and also feeling like you're still serving that uh, your clients as, as good as you did when you were the one that was more involved in it. Sure. And you know, I, I think we're, we're really big on maintaining all of the, the personal touch points uh, in our organization. And there's a phrase that I use in the orientation session that we have with our, our team I state we need to do simple better than anybody else. Mm, and and it sounds like a simple phrase, but I mean, we need to do all the simple things as an organization to make sure that we're maintaining uh, a competitive advantage. And I, and I think there's a, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it, but I think sometimes we get caught up in, in trying to create the, the next big thing that's really going to make an impact. Yes. A lot of times it's just the smaller uh, actions that you can take that, that just make a tremendous difference. And right. Um, you know, I, I really encourage our team to to make sure that we're recognizing the team when someone does something right. So if mm-hmm. a client calls in and says, "You know what, Beth did a fantastic job. I really enjoy her." What what are we going to do with that information? And I think a lot of times in organizations, you listen to that, mm-hmm. and then you forget about it five ten minutes later, and that's it. So yeah. we're big on you know making sure. Okay, we're going to write that information down. And now we're going to make sure we call Beth and tell her, hey, I want to let you know that you did a fantastic job with yes. this particular person. They called in to personally thank you. And it makes an incredible difference. Yes. And I also feel just just sending a thank you card. It seems very simple to do, but how, how much time does it really take to write out a handwritten note Man, to a, a member of your team? I mean, it takes literally less than five minutes. But a lot of us don't take that time because right. we, we feel we don't have the time. Yeah. But we really do. We, we have Absolutely. three minutes to write a thank you card. Right. Uh, just today, we have uh, our, our team of caregivers are coming in to pick up their paychecks. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of 
people ask, well, why don't you just direct deposit your, your checks? Mm-hmm. Well, we do it because we want to have interaction with yeah, our team. That's good. We want to make sure that we see them. We want to interact with them. We have uh, some donuts and some popcorn and yeah. you know, all, the, all the stuff that we can supply for them. But yeah, again, that's just another, uh, another touch point um, that we have with them. So, I mean, it, is it hard? Yes. I mean, it is hard mm-hmm. to stay on top of it. And, I, and I'm not saying we're perfect with it, but right. I think we are uh, intentional in, in our actions to, to make sure that we're making a difference in their lives. Yeah, Kyle, that was just awesome. Just talking about the one, one takeaway that I got from it is just being very intentional with your touch points. And so if you're very intentional with um, the different natural areas where you in every transaction, with whether it's with a customer, whether it's with a um, a uh, employee, you're going to have certain natural areas where you can touch them and acknowledge them. And there's certain times where you're like, okay, that's a, a a good time for me to say, hey, you did a good job when you get a customer survey back. Or for me, when I'm dealing with a client, there's certain milestones during a process where I can then maybe consider making my own personal phone call to get feedback during the transaction, things like that. And so I like that idea. So if anyone's taking notes, take notes on that is just finding those areas during a transaction or, or a process that you're in where you can find natural touch points to continue to bring that team atmosphere and, and keep bringing that interaction into um, you know, the, the company or the transaction. So I think that's good. All right, so move, moving on, you were talking about some of the, uh, the things that you do to uh, continue to maintain that personal feel with the, the, a growing company. Go ahead and share with me maybe um, a, a couple ideas when it comes to a personal level. So you know, you, you've had to grow personally as well and as a leader. Uh, what are some uh, growing pains that you've had and uh, maybe some lessons that you've learned uh, in your life as well? Sure. I think um, in terms of some growing pains that, that I've been uh, you know, battling, I guess, uh, presently would just be as we've grown, time management has really been an issue. And I'm, I'm trying to focus more on you know, where, where should I be spending a lot of my time? And so I've, I've been really trying to revamp a lot of a lot of that organization uh, because sometimes as you grow, that becomes more difficult to do. And, you know, and I think both you and I, as we're, as we're sitting here, I think we, we desire to be great leaders. And I think one of the keys though, is what steps are you going to take uh, to become a, a good leader? And what I have really focused on even over the last couple of years has have been doing really some self-awareness and saying, okay, what are some of the struggles that I'm, 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 I'm battling right now and how can I make that better? And a lot of it really comes down to implementing small disciplines in your life. Mm-hmm. And one in particular has been my morning routine. And how am I, how am I starting my day? And I think, you know, in the past it may be, well, wake up at, X time frame and right. you know help the girls get on the bus and so forth. But mm-hmm. I feel that there, if you have a a set routine, mm-hmm. that certainly helps. And and I know personally just from from having a routine of okay, waking up in the morning, going through a specific process, uh, reading, uh, exercise, all those sorts of things. I know I set myself up more for success. Yes. I feel more confident. I feel healthier. I feel better. I feel more on top of my day where then I can be a better leader uh, to the team that I'm, I'm interacting with. I know the days that I'm not in a routine and I don't put those disciplines in place, mm-hmm. 
I can feel it. I, I, I don't feel the same. I feel as if I'm just a little sluggish. Yeah. And so I think personally that has been a struggle for me is kind of getting into that routine because mm-hmm. when I'm in that routine and that rhythm, I yes. feel it and, and yep. it just compounds over time and I feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I, when I miss a day or if I you know, miss a week because we were on a trip or a vacation, yeah. I feel it. I, I just feel it when I get back yeah. in the office. I don't feel as if I'm, I'm the, the, the same person that I was before I had left. So I know that personally has been a struggle for me. I, you know, I, I would have to agree. I think having that routine, I am a creature of habit and having a routine that's a positive routine in the morning is so powerful. And you and I talked about this before over coffee and that was the, the miracle morning kind of kind of taking that Hal Elrod, uh, he's the author of the miracle morning. Uh, that's an awesome, a book to implement certain morning habits, morning routines. It's going to help you start your day off. Right. I think that's so crucial. And, um, but you're right. I mean, I think, uh, we all have a desire to do well, um, but we also have a, uh, an, an issue with implementation and taking action and being self-aware of some of the struggles that we have. And I was just in a men's group uh, earlier this week, as a matter of fact, and we were talking about um, the small steps we have to take. We often have little small steps to get us to the point where we're successful. And um, there's actually, um, and I'd like you to speak about this. You were at that leadership, the Global Leadership Summit, right. I believe. So we, we could talk a little bit about that on the on this uh, recording. Um, but there was, uh, I believe, I wasn't there, but I heard that there was a speaker, uh, Craig Groeschel, who's a pastor of, of, of a big church, and he wrote a book called Divine Direction. And I've been reading that book. And uh, he was talking in that book about the small steps we have to take to have growth. And it takes the small steps to see massive growth. And that's like the compound effect from Darren Hardy. And, and he wrote a really good book on that. And, um, and anyway, one of the things he said was, I, I had a goal of journaling every morning. And um, he knew that though it was a very difficult thing to do because it's easy to neglect that. It's easy to push that off to the side. And I'm the same way. I mean, I, I struggle with that personally. But he said um, he, was, he knew he was going to be successful because his commitment was not just to journal. His commitment was, I just want to write at least one sentence a morning. That's it. One sentence. And then from there, it will compound and then I can get more used to it and then go from there. Um, have you found that to be pretty s- similar in your life as well? Oh, absolutely. And and uh, Craig was a great um, speaker at that event. And uh, I've actually been listening to some of his podcasts just yeah. to uh, become a better leader and his insight and perspective is um, is very refreshing. And one of the things I took away too from from that summit that I had attended was he had talked uh, a lot about uh, leadership and one of the obstacles to leadership mm-hmm. and, and struggles that we have. And perfection was one of the things that he touched upon. Mm. And I think his exact words were, perfection uh, is, an, is an obstacle uh, to growth. And, and I just, I, I kind of let that digest and absorb a little bit. And I, and I looked at our business and, and just myself personally again and said, okay, well, he, he's got a point there um, because I, I do think that there's a lot of times in not only you know the business that I'm in but other individuals' businesses where there could be a um, let's say a product that um, or a process that you feel may help improve the overall uh, business as a whole mm-hmm. but sometimes we're reluctant to move forward with it mm-hmm. because it's not perfect. Right. It doesn't have the shiny gloss on it or right. doesn't have all the bells and whistles on it. Mm-hmm. But can you, and he, he had an acronym of Gitmo um, as to is it good enough to move on? Mm. And, 
And that, again, I, and I kind of looked at it in, in the way that we may try to improve a process, whether it's our communication with our, with our team or you know, what it might be. And, and I know I'm as guilty as anyone else where we, we have been reluctant to push something where it's like, yeah, you know, it's just not, it, it's not right just yet, but, but pretty yeah. soon, it, you know, in maybe a couple of months, we'll push it forward and it will be right. And so I, I, I took that and I said, you know, there, there could be something here. Maybe we can, you know, just, just kind of look at things and say, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, is it good enough right now to, to move forward to the public? And, you know, we can always change it down the road. Right. It can be adaptable. Right. Absolutely. I think mm-hmm. that's the key is, is being willing to implement and then make corrections from there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'll be the first to tell you that that was a struggle. And it still is a struggle sometimes for me, just like you said, is that you want to have everything just right before you put yourself out there, before you uh, maybe are vulnerable, you know, because you just don't want people to say, well, they, they didn't put their best foot forward. But you know what? You have to start somewhere. I think that's so, uh, so powerful. Um, and, and I love that. Getmo, good enough to move on. So take notes on that, folks. Good enough to move on. Um, what are some other things, maybe while we're talking about the, the leadership summit you were at, is there anything else, maybe some takeaways? I know you and I talked in another group that we're in um, about some of the, the lessons that you've learned, but things kind of relating to growth and maybe what challenged you a little bit in, in that uh, summit. Yeah, I mean, there were a number of, of just fantastic speakers that uh, I had related to. Um, and, you know, I know uh, one in particular just comes off the top of my head. Uh, I, I'm, forgive me for not remembering the name of, of who he was when he presented, but, but his big thing was he wanted to basically feel what rejection feels like. Mm-hmm. And he said he felt that that was going to help improve him personally and in his business over time. Mm-hmm. So he went on a mission, I think it was a year-long mission, where he just basically wanted to ask absurd things mm-hmm. to random individuals in the public, <laughs> and he wanted to be rejected. Right, okay. And so he said it just it, it, it kind of helped his confidence as he, you know, as, as weird as that sounds, it yeah. kind of helped him improve as a person mm. because he kept getting rejected. And yeah. then he felt that, okay, if I can get rejected by that person, getting rejected by this person is, is a piece of cake. Yeah, right. But an interesting thing he found was after the course of time, he started asking absurd questions to individuals and they, they were saying yes <laughs> instead of saying no. <laughs> and, and one of them was he was asking a random, he just walked up to a random house with a soccer uniform on and a soccer ball and said, hey, can I play soccer in your backyard? <laughs> now, most of us would say, absolutely <laughs> right. not, shut the door. But this individual said, sure. And so when they say yes, he was like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? Right. So he went back there and started kicking it around and he started asking, like, why did you say yes? And he oh, said, man. well, I kind of felt sorry for you. <laughs> um, but there, there was just, there was so much of that. And I think going to those types of, um, in, in this event, it was a summit. I think just going to those types of events and, and learning from, from other individuals and, and hearing what their perspective is, um, it, it's just refreshing. And then I think you, you, you come back to the office and, and you're very energized, you're mm-hmm. fired up about, okay, th- that was just such a great message. Now, how do I apply it? And I think that's the, that's the tricky part yeah. because you have all this information, almost information overload. Yeah. Then it's, okay, I have all this information. Now, what am I going to do with it? And mm-hmm. I think that's a challenge as to what can you do to uh, try to just take little tiny pieces of what you learned and mm-hmm. try to implement that uh, into our business. And actually, one thing that, that came about from it is uh, we talked about, there were some members of our team that went to the summit, we talked about starting up our own book club. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're actually in the process. We sent out a message to our team. And, and I'll be honest, I, I didn't expect the response that we got. I thought mm-hmm. maybe you know four or five members of the team would be interested in joining the book club. But yeah. I would say almost 90% of the team said, hey, I'm interested in joining a book club. Wow, and we'll, we'll read books about leadership and self-improvement and business books. Wow. And you just think about the impact that that could have not only on each one of us personally, but right. you know professionally as well. I mean, oh, that'll man. improve how we interact with our clients, how we interact with our caregivers, and yeah. um, you know. So we're going to meet here in about a week to kind of discuss what book we're going to read. But but those summits and, and just those types of events just almost give you a, a shot of adrenaline. They're yeah. just they're great. Absolutely, I've been there, done that, and I and I know how it is. You got to just take away a few things that you can implement and and not be too overwhelmed. But the one thing that I that I I really wanted to touch on too, while we're uh, we're going to be closing here in a little bit, but uh, is the um, the idea of that rejection you were bringing up, but comfort zones. I, I think that for me, anyway, in my life, I feel like I've never really had growth without being uncomfortable a little bit. And I think that's where that rejection comes in. It's uncomfortable to be rejected. Um, But do you think, don't you think that comfort and contentment now it's good to be content. Obviously you don't want to, you're not always just driven to always just make more, make more, make more. I don't think it's always just about that. It's about serving more and doing other things and having a deeper purpose, but um, comfort and contentment sometimes or resting on your laurels uh, can be the enemy of growth. And I, and I don't know if, if you've ever had that struggle where you have that little dichotomy within your day or within your week or month or your, your goals where, you know, ah, I'm just going to kind of relax here. I mean, do you, do you struggle with that like, uh, like, like most of us do? Or what's your thoughts on that? I do. And um, I think it, it's very easy to get into a routine or a rut per se of just the, the day in and the, and the day out. And, mm-hmm. and I know the times that I've put myself in uncomfortable situations, um, I think the outcome of that was generally a positive experience. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there, there are some things that, that I know just personally I need to get better at. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I don't know if I'll share all of them here with you today, yeah. but I know there, uh, one of the things that, uh, that I've been uh, struggling with as of late has been just making time to, to build relationships outside of work. Yep. And how important are networking events mm-hmm. after hours and uh, in meeting with individuals um, just to, to, to kind of meet with them face-to-face and learn more about who they are. And I think sometimes a, an excuse or a default for me at times has been, well, you know, I, I, as we mentioned, I have twin daughters and a, a beautiful wife at home. You know, I got to be there for them, which, which I do. But can I, you know, take, you know, one night for an hour or two after mm-hmm. hours to go to a networking event and right. meet with individuals and learn about them and their business and and develop those relationships. But right. I think there are times when you just kind of get into the day in, day out. You know, well, yeah, that sounds good, but I, I'm I I got to be home. You know, I got right. I got to be there for my family too. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tough balance. It is. Um, but I, I do think it's important, and and I just think getting out though of your comfort zone and, and putting yourself in uh, those types of situations can only benefit you uh, in terms of your growth. Yeah, I, I um, in another uh, recording, we were talking about connecting with people. And sometimes you have to connect with somebody that's going to kind of push you out of your comfort zone. If we just hang around the people that's always just going to say, yeah, I agree, um, then I don't know if that really is conducive to growth. Um, is that something that, that you, I mean, I'm sure with your father being in the business, it probably helps a little bit because you have somebody that may kind of maybe almost hold you more accountable. You hold him accountable in a way. 
Uh, but having somebody that you can connect to that's going to kind of cause you to grow and say, no, uh, you could do better than that. Do you yeah. have that in your life too? Yeah, and, and I, I think that one of the most important things someone can do who, who's listening um, to this podcast would be trying to find someone in their life that could, could act as a mentor to them. Right. And I've been very blessed and fortunate, and I've mentioned this a, a number of times to, to people in the public, uh, to work side by side with my, my father. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been uh, just a, a great uh, resource for me. And, and I've told people a hundred times, I view him as a, a mentor for me. Mm-hmm. And so just to have the ability to walk two offices over mm-hmm. and pick his brain about, you know, what do you think about this? Or I have this situation I'm dealing with, you know, from your experiences and, and your you know business background, mm-hmm. you know, what do you think or, right. or what, what results have you seen when, right. when this has happened in the past? But I think the other part of it is, yeah, holding you accountable because it'd be one thing to find a mentor who just agrees with everything that you say. Right. I, I don't feel that's, that's positive. I think you need to have someone that, that is going to challenge you mm-hmm. and is going to say, you know, Kyle, I'm not sure you should have did it that way. I think you should have handled it this particular way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes hearing the criticism may be tough. I think many people listening, you don't yeah. necessarily want to hear the criticism, right. but you also, you need to be open to it because right. people don't see things the same same way you do. Yeah. And so I think my dad has been very, very forthcoming and he'll be very blunt with me if yeah. he disagrees with something that I did. And and so we challenge each other back and forth and it, it goes the opposite way too. I think yeah. sometimes he may say, well, Kyle, this is the way that we've done some things in the past. I think this is going to be a way to do it. And I'll say, eh, I don't know. I think right. I think we got to look at this differently. Yeah. So I, I think it's just having someone to challenge you yeah. is very, very important, but also being able to listen to that feedback yes. and try to apply it without being angry. Oh man, that's so good. Having a humble spirit, you know, absolutely taking uh, uh, your advice, taking your the examples, the lessons with humility. Uh, that's actually one of the things that uh, I've been taught in my life is to, you know, I'm not a know-it-all. I'm still learning. Um, even as a leader, I tell people that I, I have people that's on my team that I I learn from that they know more than I do about many things, and I'll be the first to admit it. You know, and and I don't think that people care about having a leader that that thinks that they know it all. I think they want somebody that's genuine, that's real, that's willing to, to listen. And and uh, and I think that allows them to grow too. And so um, that's uh, on the flip side. Um, I also think that what helps me grow is having people around that I can pour into a little bit and I can help them and and somehow bring them along at the same time. So I think there it, it does go both ways. And do you find that a little bit in your career and maybe even in your life in, in general? Yeah, and you know, not only are or is a mentor uh, important, but I think it is also uh, who do you who do you hang out with? Who do you associate yourself with? Uh, in terms of um, could be colleagues or friends, mm-hmm. because I think you, you your growth is almost shaped by the individuals that you surround yourself with. Absolutely, and um, and I know you know we we've been you know a part of a, a leadership group that we've um, that we just recently started, and I, I just think that it's important to to get together with other individuals who who have the same uh, passion and desire to become better. Right, um, because I think you know there are there are some individuals that may be stuck in a position where they feel like, well, I, I just can't get out of this rut. I can't, I can't, you know, I feel like I'm not progressing. Um, but I, I think you you can, and I think it's just you, you do have to look at associating yourself with individuals mm-hmm. who who can help you 
Uh, and, and also, as we mentioned earlier, just also being aware of the feedback and listening to the feedback to become a better person. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up because we have some, man, so much meat to chew on. But just in that last uh, little discourse that we had there, it's just remembering that we need to have people that we're willing to be challenged by. We need to humbly submit to some of the ideas and thoughts and the corrections from others. Be willing to pour into other people. That helps your growth. Get out and getting out of your comfort zone is so important. Um, and so let's go ahead and, and one final question for you, Kyle, and that is, you know, what's the, 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 and I like to ask this to pretty much every person that's a guest on here is what, what is the one thing that you might want, one or two things that you just want to be, you want to be known for. And, um, if you had a, wanted to leave a lasting impression on somebody, what would that be? That's a good question. Um, I, I really would, would want to be known, uh, as being a, a great servant leader. Mm-hmm. And uh, I take uh, servant leadership uh, very seriously, and, and I have a, a long way to go. Um, but I feel putting the needs of others first uh, is very, very important. And um, so if, if I were to pick one thing, I, I think servant leadership is very, very important. And then another would be uh, just being a better, being a, being a better husband, uh, being a better father, and really working um, to improve uh, in that area. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's you know, I, I think that it's hard to choose just one thing, isn't it? Because uh, being a servant leader, though, does mean being a better father as, as well and being a better husband. So I do think it's encompassed all in there. So, man, I really appreciate you uh, sharing your heart, sharing some of your your uh, growth strategies, your um, some of your growth pains, and just a ton of lessons that we learned here. And so, Folks, if uh, you have not ever listened, if this is your first time listening to the Purpose and Performance Podcast, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, I'd love for you to rate the show, subscribe, share this. And Kyle, man, I appreciate you taking the time to just share some of your leadership uh, lessons and um, and just being with us, man. I really appreciate it. Well, it was a pleasure. And I, I really respect what you're doing with this podcast. And I think you're, you're doing a great thing for the community and the listeners. So kudos. Awesome. Till next time, everybody, this is Jonathan McKinnis, and we will talk to you later.